Good, Good evening, evening uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome once again to this online uh, service. We've been talking about living worthy of the Lord, living worthy of the covenant that He has called us into, and uh, now we're talking about living worthy of the coming of Jesus. And when the Lord comes again, He will come in justice, He will come as a, a consuming fire, He will come to judge uh, the world. So we live worthy of Him by not judging before that time, because He is the judge, we are not, and we make a mess of things. And this evening we want to look into living worthy of His coming uh, glory because we will be entering into the fullness of Jesus when he comes. Look at uh, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 10, the verse we looked at previously. Verse 10, On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed, this includes you because you believe our testimony to you. So you see, when the day He comes, He comes to be glorified in His people. Glorified in His people. Because on that day when He appears, we will be like Him. 1 John 3, verse 2. He said, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. So at this moment, even though we keep saying we are the sons of God, we are the children of God, yes, indeed we are. But we only see a glimpse of His glory in us. The Bible tells us that now we see dimly, but that day come, we will see Him as he is. And when we see him as he is, the Bible says, we shall be like him. So the fullness of us as the sons of God, as the daughters of God, will be manifest on that day. And Jesus will present us as his holy people, as his children. And he will be glorified in us because we are transformed to be like Him in His image. So, with this great hope that we have, that when He appears, we will be like Him, we'll be transformed. We will enter into the fullness of Him. We will enter into our inheritance in the kingdom. With this hope that we have, how should we live our life now? How should we prepare ourselves to enter into that fullness, to enter into that glory. Okay, look at uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians uh, 3, verse 18. It says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
So that transformation that we are hoping for at His coming, it got to start now. We are being transformed from glory into glory, into glory. Okay, so that transformation has got to start now in us. And uh, it comes by the same thing. When we see Him, we will be like Him. When we see Him alone, we'll be transformed in that part. Okay, so we thank God. By the blood of Jesus, the veil has been removed. We are able, as priests of God, to enter into the most holy place. We're able to see Him, know Him, so that we become like Him. So when we see the love of God, the mercy of God in our life, the grace of God in our life, when we deal with people, we'll be transformed. Instead of dealing with them harshly, you know, there will be that gentleness, there will be that love of God manifest through us. When we see Him, we will be like Him. Right? So it's not so much head knowledge. It is what we perceive in our spirit, what we know deep inside, we will manifest that nature, His nature in us. So it has to start now. We thank God for removing the veil to take us into His, his uh, glory. And then I want to look at Ephesians 3, verse 17. Onwards, the last part of 17, Paul says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So, the fullness of God can never be experienced all by ourselves individually. There are people who cut themselves off from people and study and wanting to know God, but that is only head knowledge. To enter into the fullness of God, it says it surpasses knowledge. So, to enter into the fullness of God is not head knowledge. It is built on the foundation of the love of God. Look at here. I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Rooted and established in love is built on this foundation of God's love. Not head knowledge. That we can begin to experience the fullness of God. And so, when we talk about the foundation uh, establishing the foundation of, of love. You cannot be loving yourself, you know. Yes, we need to love ourselves, but not, not just staying there. That becomes selfishness, self-centeredness. It's all about self. That is flesh. That is flesh. So we want to enter into the fullness of Jesus. It's found in the body. Our love for God, our love for one another. And that's why it's established in, it, it, it rooted and established in love. 
then we can begin to enter into the fullness of God and know the the the, the high and depths and 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 how wide is the love of Christ. And that's how we enter into the uh, fullness of God. It's not attained by self, but in the body. So when we realize that, unity in the body is so important because we know when we love one another, we establish that, then we can enter into the fullness. When there's division, there will be destruction. There will be strife and, and a lot of other things. Okay, so, so, that, so we cannot enter into the fullness of God. So unity within the body is absolutely crucial. And then the fullness of Christ can never be attained now. It will happen when Jesus appears. It will happen at His coming because it's only during that time we will really see Him as He is. And then we will become like Him. Okay, So the creation is waiting for God's children to be manifest. Because when, when that day comes, when we are truly entering into the fullness of God, we enter into who we really are as the sons of God, we are able to bring transformation to this world because we have been transformed. We are able to bring transformation to the creation. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 19 and 20, uh, 19. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And then verse 21, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So even the creation are going to frustration now, decay now. They can't live out the purpose that God has created them. And the changes will only come when God's son, God's children are being revealed. We are being revealed on that day. And with the glory that we enter in, with the power and authority that we enter in, we're able to come and minister to this world and bring a salvation to this world, freedom uh, to this world so that this world will align itself with the plan and purpose and the glory of God. So, how do we prepare ourselves for this fullness to come? We prepare ourselves by cleansing ourselves, purifying ourselves. Look at 1 John 3, verse 3. 1 John 3, verse 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So now we have this hope of his coming. When he comes, we will appear with him in glory. We will be transformed. We will be like him. We will enter into the fullness as sons of God, daughters of God. We will be, be filled with his power, with his glory. We will be able to bring transformation to this world. And that would be us entering into 
the inheritance that we have in his kingdom. So this is the hope we have. So he said, everyone who has this hope in him will purify himself. And how do we purify ourselves? First Peter 1 verse 22 tells us, Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. So we purify ourselves by obeying the truth. And what is the manifestation when we obey the truth? We will love one another deeply from the heart. Because when we obey the truth, we cleanse ourselves from selfishness, self-centeredness. And that's why we love one another deeply with a sincere heart when we cleanse ourselves. So anyone who do not cleanse themselves, they are self-centered. They just care about themselves. But anyone who has been cleansed and purified by obeying the truth, they love one another with a sincere love. They love the church. They love their cell group. They will do anything to serve in that group. Not for themselves, but rather because now they have a sincere love for uh, one another. So that is the first, uh, the, the, the manifestation of uh, cleansing ourselves, purifying our, our, our hearts. We love what and who Jesus loves. And then to cleanse ourselves, beside obeying the truth, we put to death the work of our earthly nature. We put to death the work of our earthly nature. Colossians 3, verse 4. Colossians 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of this, the wrath of God is coming. So we know that when Jesus comes, He did not just come for us, He come in His wrath. He come to judge, He come to punish. Why? Part of the reason is because of the work of the flesh. What belongs to that, the, uh, the, the earthly nature that He comes to to judge. And so the Bible tells us we are to put to death. Now that we are believers, now that we know that He is pure, we purify ourselves, we put to death the work of the earthly nature. And what are they? It's mentioned here, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed. And we, we got to identify them because Sometimes we, we are doing certain things, we do not identify that as the work of the flesh. We are, I'm going to look into the scripture and categorize them. Look at Galatians 5, verse 19. Galatians 5, verse 19 onwards. He said, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissension, faction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And it goes on to say, I want you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, Paul is writing to the Galatian. He's writing to the Galatian church, the believers there. And he said, I want you before, and I want you again, that if we live to please the, the, the sinful nature, we are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Remember when he comes? We, are, we appear with him in his fullness. And uh, that would be us entering into our inheritance in the kingdom. And Paul says, if you live to please the sinful nature now, you're not going to enter and inherit. So let's, let's, let's classify them into four categories with what is mentioned here. Okay, in verse 19 it says, the first area of uh, the acts of sinful nature is sexual immorality, sexual sin. Okay, sin in our body, impurity, debauchery. So we, we are out of control in our uh, fleshly desire. Okay, that's the first area, sexual sin. Second area is, is spiritual. It's not physical. Uh, it's spiritual sin. It's idolatry and uh, witchcraft. And idolatry and witchcraft is not just confined to uh, what we normally know. Because when the prophet Samuel spoke to King Saul, he said uh, arrogance is like idolatry, right? Rebellion is like witchcraft. So we've got to watch our spirit. Is there rebellious spirit? Is there a spirit of arrogance, pride, insight? You know, all these are, 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 are spiritual sin, spiritual sin. And then the third area is disunity in relationship, right? Relationship is so important. Loving one another, loving the body is so important because that determines whether we will enter into the fullness or not. So here it talks about a whole lot of things which has to do with conflicts in relationship. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy. So all these are the work of self that resulted in uh, disunity, that resulted in division, in conflicts. So that's the work of the flesh. But when we live with one another, there will be conflicts. But when we live according to the Spirit, it will bring us about peace and joy and love and harmony. But when we allow the work of the flesh to, 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 to have its day, it will result in relational problem, uh, disunity. And then the last category is our coping mechanism. What has taken God's place? These are invisible idols in our life. What 
have taken place in our life that we trust rather than uh, trusting God, uh, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Okay, so we fill our life with other things rather than with the Spirit, rather, rather than with God, and we fill it with substitution through our coping mechanism. Okay, so these are the four categories that will help us to identify the work of the flesh. First is the sexual bodily sin. Uh, secondly, the spiritual, that, that includes our spirit, our attitude. And thirdly, relational conflicts and division and death. That's definitely the work of the flesh. And then coping mechanism, things we trust rather than God. So, when we understand that these are the work of the flesh, the Bible says put to death the work of, uh, uh, the, of the flesh or the, the acts of sinful nature so that we may enter into the inheritance in the kingdom of God. And just one more area that I want to point out before we close uh, tonight. That is despising authority. This is not so obvious sin of the flesh, right? But yet is despising authority. Let's look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter 2.10 This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusation against such beings in the presence of the Lord. So those who live in the corrupt desire of sinful nature, it will manifest through despising authority, rebellious, slanderous. So, and these people, they are very bold and arrogant. They speak against authority figure. They speak against the authority that God has set up without any fear. And, and the word of God is warning us that you will be judged when you do that. And uh, the word of God gives us an example of what happens in the heavenly realm. The angels of God, they know what is authority? And they do not just honor and respect God. Even fallen angels who has less power, who has less authority uh, compared with them. And yet they, they dare not slanderously accuse this, this lower kind of being. So what we have is in the third heaven, there's God and there's his angels. In the second heavens, ruling and reigning over the earth, the prince of this world, the, the authority figures there, the principalities there. So the angels who are more powerful than these fallen angels, and yet they recognize their authority. Remember this, this, this fallen being, they they have a right to enter into the holy place to accuse God's people, accuse Job. So this angelic 
the angels of God, they know the authority of this being, even though they are fallen, even though they are of lower rank, and yet they dare not slanderously accuse them before God. But yet we have people who do not understand authority. They think that they can speak against authority figure. Those who are above them, those who are set up by God, they will be judged. And, and we are also, even if they could be fallen, just like these fallen angels, we still do not slanderously accuse them, talking things, accusing them of things that we, we do not know, that we think we are right. We better be careful with our words uh, when we speak against authority figure. Okay, so Peter is telling us this example in the heavenly realm so that we will be careful, we will not behave according to our corrupt desire in our sinful nature, rebellious, arrogance, proud, bold, without the fear of God in our hearts. And, uh, well, I think I don't, do not need to give it, uh, tell you uh, anymore, but, but, but in the book of Daniel, we, we, we also see uh, this uh, Gabriel, the messenger of God, sent by God. When he come down, and then when he passed to the second heaven, there are prince of Persia who is there, who rules over that, those territories, stopping him. He was, he was uh, 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 if you like, imprisoned there by this authority, even though he's a messenger of God. And Michael the archangel has to come and, and fight for, for him and to release him. So you see, these, these beings, they have authorities, right? So we need to recognize authority. And the angels, they know different rank of authority, different kinds of authority are given. And they, they know how to well, honor and, and respect those are authority and they, they, and we, we on this earth, we need to recognize God's authority because one day we will be judged by the words that we speak against these people, right? And we do not want to fall into the judgment of God. So this evening, we, we learned that we have a tremendous hope at the coming of Jesus. We will be like him, we'll see him as he is. We enter into our fullness, the fullness in Christ, who we really are as children of God. And we will be able to bring transformation and, and healing to, to the creation, to this world. We'll be able to reign with Jesus and, and we're entering into our inheritance in the kingdom. So right now, we have to purify ourselves by obeying the truth. Right now, we have to put to death the deeds of the human nature, the flesh, because that works against God. We need to realize the importance of love as a foundation to move in unity when we really walk with God, when we, our hearts are really purified. We are, we are walking in unity. We are walking in the Spirit. We, even though there are problems, we do not allow the flesh to have its day we follow the ways of God. Okay, so this is how we prepare ourselves 
for that great day, we begin to be transformed from glory to glory to glory now. Until that day come, then we'll enter into the fullness of that transformation. So I trust that we will really take this into our hearts and really desire to live in love, in unity, and in the spirit rather than in the flesh. We purify ourselves and uh, allow God to work in our life to transform us. We're going to pray right now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we will be transformed. It has not appeared what we shall be, but when we see him, we will be like him. So right now, Father, help us to hear your word, to learn how to purify ourselves because of of this hope that we have so that we'll obey the truth so that we'll love the brethren with a sincere heart so that we recognize the importance of the church of the body of Christ of relating one to another in love in unity so that we can enter into the fullness of Jesus and be transformed and we look forward to that day when we enter into the fullness of what you have prepared for us. We enter into our inheritance in the kingdom. Father, we pray that every one of us would not be disqualified, but we will walk in your spirit. We will walk with you so that we will inherit the inheritance in the kingdom. Bless your people, I pray. May this word be, be planted into our hearts that we'll recognize the authority that you have set up and we'll learn how to live in that, that, that realm to build your house, to build your church. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.